not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it, but... Yeah. Anyway, no. Bonjour, no. How are bonjour, you? Bonjour, no. Who have you been to France? That's, isn't Bonjour, no, Italian? Bonjour. Oh, my God, it is, isn't it? You put the R and the O in there. Yeah, bonjour, it's, it's Italian. No. It's Sunday. I'm quite tired, I've got to be honest. I'm kind mm-hmm. of looking forward to chilling out on the sofa, maybe watch some telly. Now, you haven't been well, so... I've not been well. I've been... <laughs> I've had no rest time, really, because I'm doing this course <laughs> at the moment, and, and also I I got jabbed in both arms today. One flu, one COVID vaccine. So, so I'm waiting got... to see how I'm going to... whether I'm going to flop or not as well. Well, you've got, two, you've got two dead arms then. I've got one dead arm. The COVID one is my dead arm. The other one was hurting earlier, but it seems to be fine now. So right. very odd sensation. Okay, well, anyway, so, well, we need that. to let's try and let's try and speed through it then. Let's try and make the most of your yeah. what voice we have from you, uh, Sarah. <laughs> let's just talk about any films we've seen. Uh, for once, I can remember that I've seen Ooh. some films, which is always a yeah. bonus. Go for it, far uh, away. So I saw. A Denzel Washington film called Man on Fire, which I'd never seen before. Oh, it's good. Isn't it? It's very good. I mean, I respect Denzel and I haven't, though, seen loads of his films. I've seen Training Day. I've seen Philadelphia and, and I've seen Man on Fire. You haven't seen The Equalizer? Ah, well, you? hang on. Coming on to that. Coming oh, to that. okay. So I watched Man on Fire and I loved it. Directed by Tony Scott, who I also love. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And it was like, wow, yeah. I forgot how cool it is watching Denzel going proper Denzel. You know what I mean? So I was chatting to a colleague at work and we got talking about Training Day and got talking about The Equalizer. And he says, oh, you've got to watch, you've got to watch The Equalizer 3. And I was like, well, yeah, but I haven't seen the first. He goes, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, that doesn't matter. So I said, all right, okay, fair enough. So I managed to find it on streaming this weekend. So I watched it and <laughs> it was really, it was, was it good. It was good. It was good. It was that whole kind of, I mean, as I say, I haven't seen one and two, so I don't, I haven't really got loads of context. So but, I've seen one and two. I did want to see three because it was out a couple of weeks ago, didn't wasn't yeah. it? And we were like, we were toying what, what film to watch. And you were like, oh, I'm not. I'm not sure about Equalizer three, but now you've watched it ahead of me, so uh, no. Oh, but well, I, I do, I do, I do want to watch it. So I'll, I'll have a look out if, if you've watched it. On it's screen, one of those. It must be. It's one of those kind of classic films where, and maybe this is what all the Equalizer films are like. I don't know, where you kind of get a glimpse of how kick-ass he is at the beginning, and then nothing. Then he's just kind of nice guy in hiding recouping in this italian place anyway he's recouping there laying low and then there's mafiosa stuff going on in this particular place and he's making friends with the locals and then he's watching all of this stuff happening around him and it's he's trying his hardness not to get involved and then yeah he just snaps it's like part one he's just kicked ass part two chilling out getting to know the locals starting to kind of figure out what's going on the mafiosa part three kick ass again <laughs> but it's that kick ass bit at the end yeah which was quite entertaining and we watched john david washington as well uh this week didn't we with the creator yeah so i found when i was watching that there was oh. some definitely some similarities between denzel and john david washington as well 
He is yeah. his dad, isn't it? It's not like an uncle. It's his dad, isn't it? Is it? Is it really? I don't. I didn't know. I didn't actually know that. Is that true? Yes. Yes. Oh my god! I can't believe I didn't know that. So John David Washington is Denzel's son. I think so. Yeah. I'm well, no, you, you, you'll be right. I, I, I just don't know why I didn't know that. John. Wow. Okay. Um, well, there really right. is a link. I'm looking there, it though, up. Isn't there? I'm looking it up now because now I feel silly if I'm. No. Wrong. Well, I feel. Look, whatever happens, one of us is going to feel back silly. Back to Denzel Washington. There, there you, go. you go. Unbelievable. But there were some occasions where I thought, oh yeah, they're really. But Denzel Washington always comes across very bright and intelligent, and he rattles off this these incredible lines. Yeah. And you're like mesmerized. How does he remember all those lines? He's always Mr. Smarty on all these films. So I've watched the final Soaker. Really good. Rosario Dawson's in that. And I think it's on a par with Mandalorian. I really like it. So one to watch a Soaker on, on Disney Plus. I've got a bit Disney Plus mad this last two weeks because I've also watched A Million Miles Away with Michael Pina. Um, and it's about a farm worker from Mexico, I believe it was, and he wants to become an astronaut. His dream, he follows his dream. And his wife, who actually is Rosa Salazar, who is also in Alita, as his wife. And, yeah, she gave him the, the nod, just go follow your dream, and it's a true story. So I think it was quite incredible. I watched it with my husband and my mum, and we all really enjoyed it. So that was one to watch. And then I had to watch with the boys, Free Guy. It's on Disney Plus as well. Ryan Reynolds, Jodie Comer. Joe Keery from Stranger Things and Channing Tatum as well. And thoroughly enjoyed that and something a bit more futuristic, really, which and, and into gaming uh, and AI as well. So those were all, all really good fun. Um, just going back to Rosa Salza as well. I mean, I was sitting there for quite a while trying to work out who, how have I seen that person? I had watched Alita earlier that day. And I was thinking, oh, that voice sounds so familiar. But but she looks so different to Alita. I just didn't twig that it was actually her. Anyway, there we go. Have we got a quiz? We have got a quiz. And Ooh. not surprisingly, the theme is AI-related okay. movies. So here we go. Did you Can do I... this on chat, GPT? I'm not saying. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, you did. No, you did. I'm not saying it is. <laughs> Go on, then. Actually, Go on. to be fair, on the basis it's a quiz about AI themed movies. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been wrong if I didn't actually no, do it? No, that's why I was hoping AI. you would do it. Yeah, yeah no, no, you I should do. I did. I did do it using it wasn't Chat GTP, it was another it was another one called Pi.ai. Just a little tip here. Chat GTP, the free version, only sources data from 2021 yeah. and before, yeah. unless you upgrade. But pi.ai, that's the URL, pi.ai, which I think I saw some link for or someone mentioning it on LinkedIn. And it's free and it's up to date. Anyway, no, so I did good. use pi.ai for this. I did have to ask it quite a few times for questions before I was content with the five that I have here. So here we go. Number one, in the movie Avatar, what is the yeah. name of the planet where the action takes place. Pandora. There we go. I said I was starting Ding. easy. It's because I visited Pandora. <laughs> of course you did. Dis- well, they fake Pandora in Disney. <laughs> in Kingdom. which movie does Will Smith fight against a robot called Vicky or V-I-K-I? iRobot, is it? Is it iRobot? Bing! Yeah, oh, it is right. Okay. It is iRobot. Cool. Uh, two out of two. 
Which actor plays the lead role in Blade Runner? Uh, Harrison Ford. Bing! Whoa, here we I go. thought it was going to be different for a second. Then. Oh, like, this, you surely could, this, 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 Okay. In which movie does Jude Law and Haley Joel Osman interact with a robot called David? AI artificial intelligence. Four out of four. Okay, for the clean sweep. I don't think anyone's ever got... I was thinking about this today. I don't, don't, don't ever, jinx it. Don't okay. jinx all right, it. All right, all right, okay. <laughs> In which movie does Joaquin Phoenix's character create an AI called Samantha? Oh, oh I know this one. Oh, this is going to be so annoying because I've seen the film. Oh, you've seen it as well? Mm, something like Here and Now or something. Something like... Um, Oh, you've you've got me. You jinxed me. I believe I jinxed you. No, sorry, I can't remember. It's called her. Her, of course. (laughs) I think it's close with here. We said you said kind of here here and now. now. Yeah. Wow. I thought we were on for it then. I've done. It is the best. There you go. I I did have to say I quite like the movies this week because it is sci-fi and i think i do like sci-fi movies more than any other movie well and also there's a a bridging theme between them as well which i thought was quite cool mm, given a hint already what i'm going to be giving <laughs> oh, okay. so, what you want to start with lita battle angel first yeah or... let's start with the lita battle angel um as the oh, oldie okay. and the oldie. Um, well, it's not that old. It's, it was released in 2019, and uh, you can watch it today uh, through Disney Plus, and it is on demand on other streaming channels. It's directed by Robert Rodriguez. He also, you know, he's directed Spy Kids to Grindhouse and Sin City. What a mixed bag there. And also James Cameron, a screenwriter, starring Rosa Salzar as Alita, Christoph Waltz, Dr. Dyson Ido, Jennifer Connelly as Sheeran, and we got Mahashala Ali as Vector and Keenan Johnson as Hugo as well. So they're the main characters in this film. It's set in a post-apocalyptic future. Alita Battle Angel takes place in sprawling skybound city of Iron City, where the privileged life in the floating city of Zalem and the rest struggle to survive on the ground. So Dr. Dyson Ido is on the ground and he's a cyber physician, finds the remains of a cyborg in a scrapyard and starts rebuilding her. And he later names her Alita, which we discover is based on somebody from his past. And she has no memory of her past as well. Now, Alita soon realises that she possesses extraordinary combat talents and as a result, her mysterious and advanced technology, people start to recognise as well. As she navigates the harsh world of Iron City, Hugo, a young man, is introduced to her and then introduces her to a motorball, a dangerous and popular sport among cyborgs. Alita learns how to become a hunter-warrior and also a competitor in this motorball sport as well. And you see her in these big stadiums where she's competing. Uh, Alita's journey takes a darker turn as she uncovers the corruption and violence that pervades Iron City, as well as her own past connections to it as well. She becomes determined to confront the powerful and oppressive forces controlling the city, including Vector and Nova and the ruler of Zalem, which is actually, who I didn't mention, is Ed Norton, a surprise appearance from him at the end or in the beginning, I can't remember. Anyway, it's a coming-of-age movie. It explores the theme of love, uh, self-discovery, Blurring the boundaries between humanity and technology. 
AI, etc. as well. And I quite liked it. It's a bit different. It's very futuristic. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts, Rob. I enjoyed it. It kind of reminded me of how I felt when I watched Ready Player One. I mean, obviously, it's not the same as that, but just a really watchable, enjoyable sci-fi action film. Yeah, with, with a heart, I suppose. The one thing that I found really weird yeah. was actually getting used to the animation style for Alita. A face, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's I've heard it described as the uncanny valley, where it's this weird place where the character kind of looks real but isn't real. Mm. Normally when you watch films, you kind of know what you're watching. You're you're used to it. You know, you're watching a live action film and it's a real person and there's an actor or you're watching something else and you can, it's quite clear it's not. And I found it really strange that this Alita looked like a real person with this almost like this animated sheen over a face which is slightly accentuated, obviously, with the eyes. The eyes, yeah. And that was the thing, wasn't it? Apparently they wanted to go bigger on the eyes as a, you know, as a nod to the manga heritage, as it were, of the actual mm-hmm. character in the story. And I find that I found that actually really hard to get my head across. Um, I think most of the acting was done by, by Rosa Salazar and... You could see it was good, but it's almost like it was her chin, but the rest of her face was all animated. Exactly. It was almost like you're watching a human which has had a bit of after effects placed on the head type thing. Mm. And Mm. yeah, it was really quite freaky from that point of view. But I like the concept. I thought Christopher Waltz was really good. I love Christopher Waltz anyway. I didn't know anything about this movie at all, nothing other than it was, you know, what it's kind of based on. But even then, I don't really know the origins of, of what it's based on. I love the part where she she starts to realise that she has these battle powers, these incredible skills that slowly come out when she's forced into a situation. And then when she kind of goes all out and embraces it, I love the scenes where you've got all the other kind of bounty hunters who, you know, hang out in a bar. It's almost like something out of like Star Wars in a weird way when she goes into the yeah. bar and there's all these bounty hunters and she's basically saying, right, all join with me. And they're all out for themselves. They don't trust her. She just looks like a little teenage girl and she has to prove a point and they're all just a bit, oh my God, it was, you know, and she's, she's just proper, proper kick-ass. So yeah, I, as I say, I, I really enjoyed it. The motorball stuff I thought looked great. Apparently that was all based on like NASCAR, the way they put that together. That was really cool as well. I, I mean, I'd be interested to know whether that I'm, I'm a, that that love interest between Alita and Hugo, who's this kid who's actually good at heart, but on the side he's, he's doing some dodgy dealings, which goes against all the morals of Alita in order to survive. But it's his dream to go up to the that kind of mothership that sits above them. I felt like you had to have that love story in there. I'm curious to know whether that was there in the first place or whether that was fleshed out more. He reminded me a little bit, actually, of the main character in Ready Player One, who was yes, played by that same actor who was in West Side Story. I can't remember his name now. Is it, is it Aaron? Uh, Aaron Edcourt. Yes, Ed yeah. He kind of reminded me a bit of that. Yeah, I, I, as I say, I, I just found it really, really enjoyable. But I've got to admit, 
every time I saw Alita and the face, and it was a scene where it was very, I, you know, it sounds daft, but, you know, I just kind of got completely mesmerized, like those eyes. <laughs> Mm. Just, like, alien eyes. Like, this is just too weird. She's like, she's completely yeah. human, but there's something. Obviously, she's not human, but it's just like oh, I couldn't get my head around it. But she wasn't supposed to be human at the same time, so that's why you got to kind of get past that. Yeah, I know. But if you go from that point of view, then you focus on the part of her which isn't human. But then all you can think about is the ninety percent of her that does look human. If, yeah, I know. I know. Um, I, I tell you what, I would have liked to have watched. I would have liked to have actually seen more about the whole backstory. I thought it's quite interesting when they played in the backstory of how she came to be, who she was, and and the war. Mm. I mean, it was reminiscent in some ways of Terminator. Actually, I kind of thought, but yeah, I'd like. I would have liked to have known a bit more about her past, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, good. And, and don't you think Jennifer Connelly just doesn't age as well? And neither does Christopher Waltz. He, they just don't seem to age. I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, I've watched it probably about three or four times now, and I'd quite, be quite happy to watch it again. And I'd be quite happy to watch it today, in fact. I watched it with my eldest son uh, for the first time, and he absolutely loved it. Uh, my youngest was a little bit scared of it, so and he's 12. I think it's for 12-plus anyway, this film. What they're doing right now, um, Rosa Salazar has uh, got Captain America film coming up alongside Harrison Ford and Liv Tyler. I think they're bringing back some of the characters from the former Incredible Hulk series with Ed Norton. So that's why Liv Tyler's in it. And then we've got Christopher Waltz. He's got six films upcoming. Frankenstein, which is Guillermo del Toro. And it's got Andrew Garfield featuring in that as well. And then Jennifer Connelly's probably got the least amount, but she's got a TV series called Dark Matter, which she's in. But... I think the film was quite expensive to make, more expensive than the creator that we've seen. It's 170 million to make, which is quite a fair whack there. Uh, they got 405 million worldwide gross. So it did fairly well. Uh, not quite on the same scale as an Avengers movie, of course, or a Marvel movie, but still pretty good. Just before I give it the score, a couple of little factoids for this one. Okay. Which, uh, yep. you know, probably the budget has a lot to do with this. We talked about Alita's eyes and just how incredibly, just so realistic. And apparently there was more CGI geometry in just one of Alita's eyes than for the entire character of Gollum in Lord of the Rings. So they really really focused in and went to ridiculous lengths, which is great because that's kind of what you come away with. And another interesting fact which I didn't know. So this was one of James Cameron's projects that was given to Robert Rodriguez. Cameron always wanted to make this film, but he was tied up with the Avatar prequels that he was committed to. So he gave it to Rodriguez to make, and I think he took an exec producer credit on it. And he makes an audio cameo, a voice cameo, at around 24.30, if people actually want to know the actual time code. I haven't gone back and watched this, but apparently when Hugo says to Alita, I'll be willing to do what it takes, the phrase morphs from Kian Johnson's voice, which is the first part, to James Cameron, where he says it takes, it morphs into James Cameron's voice. And apparently... James Cameron is known to have a voice cameo in all of his films, which I didn't know. And I don't (laughs) suppose anyone would know unless you're told exactly where it is. But there you go. What would I give it? Um, I'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten. 
Okay. I really like it and I've watched it plenty of times. It's one of those films I can easily watch again. I think it's nice and futuristic. I like the animation. Yes, it is a bit strange at first, but I think you have, once you've seen it, maybe next time if you watch it again, Rob, you might see past the facial features. But I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 because I, re- I really liked it. Uh, nice. And my my son likes it, so it's something good that we can watch together. Very, very good. Very, very good. Right then, The Creator. This is out in cinemas at the moment. I imagine it will still be out in cinemas, probably, by the time mm-hmm. you're listening to this podcast. So this is written and directed by Gareth Edwards. So Gareth Edwards, he's probably best known for Rogue One, Godzilla, one of his very early films called Monsters, I haven't seen, but apparently was very, very good. He's known for kind of working on a really quite uh, modest budgets, but he's becoming a master, if you like, of kind of blending the real world with the future world. I, I did it really well with Rogue One, which didn't in some ways feel like of the Star Wars canon in some ways, had something different about it. And that's certainly the case for the creator. So it's set in 2070 and the world has moved on with AI alongside it and it's part of everybody's lives. However, the Western world um, has put a ban on artificial intelligence after being struck by this rogue nuclear weapon fired from what's known as New Asia. And this is a region that's completely embraced AI to the point where humans live alongside simulants who take human form other than this kind of cyborg part of their skull where there's a complete gap between their ears. And so we effectively have yeah a war. We've got the West who blame the East and what they've done with AI turning it into this this force for evil. Um, the East deny it was actually anything to do with them rather than just is actually just a complete accident. And as a result, the West have created this massive nomad, this ship, airship that use laser locating technology that's deployed in New Asia to detect what it suspects is signs of the development of this new world ending weapon that New Asia are developing. So they're almost living in fear and trying to track down this weapon. Now, as part of that, they place uh, a guy called Joshua. There's Part of trying to track down where this weapon is, he is undercover. He's been working undercover for a long time to the point where he's gone native, you can say. So he he's hiding out with this kind of guerrilla group of simulants and some human soldiers, including his human wife, Maya, played by Gemma Chan. So Joshua, as we mentioned before, is played by John David Washington. So they're kind of hiding out. They're eventually tracked down. You have this US airstrike, which exposes Joshua. And in this kind of ensuing battle, Maya flees, uh, leaving Joshua back with the US and Western allies, who are kind of intent on hunting down the creator responsible for this new weapon. So now with his cover blow, Joshua is charged with leading this new mission with the intel that he's gained. And along with this crack force he's with, they track down the weapon only to find that it takes the form of this young child, this young simulant child. So whilst his orders are, of course, to kill it, it's a weapon. Obviously, it's strange. And from Joshua's point of view, he, he really struggles with you know his own morality 
And whilst he was supposed to kill it, he suspects this child is is so human, he struggles to do so. And whilst all this is going on, he fears for the safety of his wife, Maya, and there, there ends up being this connection. So effectively, what ends up happening is Joshua, along with the child, become the target that the US then try and track down. And Edwards has cited a few films that has inspired this in terms of, so it's a bit of a blend, you'll the Apocalypse Now, he's mentioned. Blade Runner, he's mentioned. Akira, he's mentioned. Even E.T. Yeah, I saw the trailer. The trailer for me looked really impressive visually. And without a doubt, from a visual point of view, I thought it was absolutely stunning. But anyway, I will hand over to you, Sarah. No, great. I mean, I yeah, visually it was, it was very impressive. But you expect nothing less from Gareth Edwards, really. Warwickshire born as well, so English as is um, the writer Chris Weitz as well. Uh, they both co-wrote this. And uh, interestingly, Chris Weitz, he directed and wrote American Pie series and About a Boy. And it's just very unusual that he's gone from that to coming to a sci-fi movie, I feel. But the blend between Gareth Edwards and Chris Weitz, I think, they could see that family kind of orientation or definitely wanting to care for somebody came through. And I think that must be on the Chris Weiss sides in particular, I reckon. I was really looking forward to seeing this film, actually. I took both my boys, my husband joined us as well. And uh, my first impressions, because I wasn't sure, you know, you get some, some 12 plus movies that can be quite rude or a bit violent. And it was a little bit violent at the start, I'm going to be honest. And uh, lots of humans shooting at AI robots. You get to see this mother, kind of mothership, and uh, above, and you can see the how kind of scary that could be as well. At the end of the film, I was really surprised because I don't think I've ever seen so many people not move. I think they were just digesting what they had seen, and quite thought provoking because you're looking at. AI and how much do you trust it? How much racism? It reflects on that as well, I felt. And these people, these AI people seem very human-like, almost like Alita had an upgrade <laughs> in a way. And they just seem really nice people as well, these AI characters that we saw. Even though they're at war as well, they just seem genuinely genuine people. So it's a great performance from John David Washington, who played Joshua and Gemma Chan plays a human but again another ai robot and how many times has she played a robot i wonder, I wonder now it seems to be a tv series that she used to be in when she was a robot then i think i think she's been a robot other times in movies as well but great to see a tough a female colonel howell which you don't really see a colonel as a female it's usually male, and that maybe that's the thing looking in the future as well. And that was played by Alison Janney, who you may recognise from Juno and, and West Wing as well. And debut performance by Madeline Luna Voyles, who was the very sweet Alfie, the young girl in this film. I did think, I'm going to be honest, I did think it was a boy at first, but, but you know, at that age, boys and girls look very similar, don't they, when they've well, got very, also, very little hair? Yeah, exactly. She was, well, she was bald. So, I mean, I know what mm. you mean. It, was, it wasn't it was obvious. But in some ways that worked quite well, that it wasn't obvious because the whole concept behind that character was quite strange. You were never really quite sure 
No, until he identified them, yeah, as as a girl. But everybody else called her a girl, so I don't know. Anyway, the special effects are, you know, re- I I have to say they were very very impressive, faultless almost. And just the AIs just seem very friendly, and really the humans were the bad guys in this film. And the big battle scenes, and I loved when these huge tanks arrived in, towards the end as well, which was very. Very sort of Avatar, sort of James Cameron style, even though he wasn't really involved with this film. Yeah, I mean, I really liked it. I think it had a bit of charm as well to it. It had that sort of jarhead feel a little bit as well. So it had a bit of a blend of, of all sorts of emotions, really, followed by some great special effects, faultless special effects. I think it was very good. I mean, John David Washington has um, the piano lesson coming up with Samuel Jackson. Gemma Chan has three movies uh, in the making, one of them, um, she looks like she'd be leading as well, which is great to see, about time two. And then uh, this film, I'd look to see, as I said, it didn't cost as much as that litre, but 80 million in budget, still fair whack, and 38 million so far worldwide gross, and this is after one week uh, or opening weekend. So pretty good and lots more to come, I can imagine, as well. It's funny because John David Washington was in Tenant, wasn't he? And that was quite futuristic. So maybe he's going to go down that path of futuristic roles. Maybe he's the new Arnie, I, I don't know. <laughs> But definitely thoroughly enjoyed it. And actually, I've been really toying with what to give this as well. Have you got any more comments before I score it? I'm really excited about Gareth Edwards because in the last, I would say, 10 years in cinema, we've had directors like Christopher Nolan Mm -hmm. and Denis Villeneuve are probably the two that spring to mind, who seem to have been able to create mainstream blockbuster movies but that are kind of quite grown up in the themes that they're dealing with and you know they're thought provoking as well as just looking incredible i mean you said it you you can't you really just can't fault the effects and i i like this film because it put a different spin as well on ai which you don't normally mm. get i mean obviously ai is normally like oh you know the the dangers of AI and it's, you know, how it's going to ruin the world and and movies obviously play on that. But I thought it was really well done Mm. that he created this world where the simulants, the robots, the AI, whatever you want to call them, you know, they, they just lived alongside other human people to the point where, you know, you were seeing Buddhists that were simulants, but they were dressed as Buddhists in the mountains and they all Mm. had their own, you know, the the culture and the spirituality that the simulants had was no different to that of the humans. They lived together and it was almost a bit of a, I don't know, it's just, it's just a more of a positive outlook on what is normally dealt with in a much more them and us way. And I like, yeah. so I like the fact that you still had the them and us, you had the kind of the US and, and the Western world. And you did have that whole kind of shoot them up big battle sequences that reminded me a little bit of a bit like Alien 2 in some ways. Alien, sorry. Those kind of characters. So, so although you had all of the explosions and I, it was the sensitivities behind the characters, it was what it was trying to put out there and discuss mm. on screen that I just thought was really, really good. It just felt like grown up in a way, even though it was still fun. It was, oh, it was just very grown up. And I remember in doing this with Rogue One, and to be honest, we've seen it a lot with the recent Star Wars films 
as well with June. The way they take these very, you know, these scenes that are almost familiar to us now, these scenes where, I don't know, it just might be an island in a seascape or these landscapes that just look like they would look like today. But then they insert this kind of sci-fi layer onto it, whether mm. it's ships coming into land, whether it's AI people mm-hmm. running around. It doesn't look out of place. It's just executed so, so well. And I think it just allows you to almost think, oh, well, I totally believe this. I haven't got to get over anything. I just totally believe what I'm seeing. Mm. And then that he's actually trying to look at AI in a slightly more interesting way. And, you know, there's a bit of District 9 in this as well. You can spot lots of different films. And I just think great that Gareth Edwards is around doing this kind of thing. And I'm really excited mm. to see. It's a bit like now, you know, when you get those, di- well, it's a bit with past lives. When you watch a film and you just think, I can't wait to see what this director does next. They're that mm. good. They've got their own way of directing, however subtle it is from anyone else's, that does make it feel quite unique. Yeah, and I I came away from it just thinking, wow, that was, yeah, that was really good. Personally, I would have preferred less of the bangy, shouty explosion stuff that was in it and more of the thought-provoking AI stuff. But then I can understand you you can't have one without the other. The jarhead stuff, I suppose, is what I'm talking about. I would have preferred less of that and more of the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like, you know, when those big tanks came in, this is the trees started falling down. It was almost like either King Kong or Jurassic Park. When that was when that was kicking off, we thought, oh, is it a dinosaur coming? What's coming? Yeah, there, there, um, there was a bit of that. Massive tanks, and it was just so much like Avatar. Yes. With, uh, yeah, absolutely. Or Aliens or something like that. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. Um, no, I, re- I I loved it. I thought it was really good. I quite like the blend, actually, of the jarhead and the sort of caring and family feel. So I think they did that quite nicely. As I said, I've been toying what to give it because I quite like Alita. And they're different films, but they're still on a sci-fi channel, uh, in a way. And um, I think I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 as well for this one. Yeah, I think both movies are both very, very good. I'm going to give it nine out of 10 as well. Um, yeah, for me, it was it was that good. And I think I'd happily watch it again, to be honest. I would like to see more, you know, more meetups with Joshua, maybe, and Maya. Yeah. I felt that was missing. I was just like, well, where is she? Where is she? Kind of, is she alive? But that, you know, that I guess that was supposed to have that feeling. But yeah, no, I thought it was very well done. So, uh, yeah, really Look good. Look at that. So, so three, three nines. nines. Three nines. Yeah, three nines for this one. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. I do like, I generally do like sci-fi movies, but they're like adventure movies as well, especially The Creator. I think it was more of an adventure movie as well. I like sci-fi movies, but I sometimes feel that it's hard to make a sci-fi movie that feels unique and has an element to it that's not just all about visuals for visual sake or is the same kind of tropes but when i said when you have a sci-fi film that's done well it has some kind of impact on you that maybe another film of another genre doesn't have exactly yeah i believe yeah i know i know you're one of your favorite films is blade runner isn't it so uh yeah and that's i can i can understand why you reflect on that and remember it very well as well just because it's so different yeah yeah cool so um new movie for this week we are looking at killers of the flower moon 
And that is, I think it's an Apple film. So it may be coming to Apple TV Plus soon, but it is also going to be on the big screens, I believe, from the 20th of October. That's right. So, yeah, Scorsese's latest film, not surprisingly, we've got DiCaprio and De Niro in it. And here we go, this is the blurb. Members of the Assage tribe in the United States are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s, sparking a major FBI investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover. I'm looking at this on IMDb. It's already it's already being rated as a 9.1 out of 10, albeit from only two, well, from 2,000 reviews, but I can't believe I'm going to think it's that good. Let's see, shall we? Let's see. Could, maybe we'll be giving tens next week. Let's see. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but but you know, I'd, I'd love to see what everything everywhere all at once got <laughs> on IMDb because that swept the, the Oscars and wasn't our cup of tea, really, was it? But you know, you've got John Lithgow in it. You've got Brendan Fraser as well. Jesse Plemons in it as well. Yeah. I like yeah. Jesse Plemons. Oh, he's, he's very great. good. Yeah, 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 he's very good. Um, so looking forward to that. So that's the new one, and then. The I'm oldie. Your list. Yeah. yeah. So we've had four genres. So we've had adventure, drama, comedy, and sci fi so far. So what's it going to be? Just pick a genre. We don't have to pick out of hats anymore. You just pick the one you feel like, as long as it's yeah. not adventure, drama, have comedy. Have we got fantasy? Sci-fi. Is that one? Yeah. Fantasy is a genre. I'm going to go for thriller, horror, and it's going to be horrific, isn't it? I've got to well, imagine no, you know, this will you, be you, yeah, quite scary, remember, are they? You've got to remember that I'm not into full-on graphic-style horror films. I I don't like them. So you're not going to get one of those, really. Okay. Well, there's one or two listed, but I'll say. Okay, so I have got, I've got 11 on the list. 11. I'm going to pick number three. The number three is Shutter Island. Which an actual, yeah. Natural fact. For a while. That's a good one. Yeah, as it happens. It's a DiCaprio one. Exactly. So we're going to have two DiCaprios. Two DiCaprio films, and in actual fact, it's not directed by Scorsese. It is. It's a Scorsese film as well. <laughs> so we're going to be watching two Scorsese films with Leonardo DiCaprio in. No, but that's quite interesting because then we can see the differences in in the style of the films yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. So let's do that. Let's do it. I like Shutter Island. I've seen that before. Um, so I never forget that? watching this round at my friend Kate's house and <laughs> with a group of us girls. And then um, I think Andy, her husband, they didn't have his, his lights on his bike cycling home from work or something like that. And he just turned up at the window in a scary moment in the film with this light <laughs> that he had found on the road. He shouldn't have found, he shouldn't have picked this light off of the road. And he just lit up his face as we were watching the scary movie. And I, I just jumped. It was like, ah! That's but funny. yeah, yeah, it was quite funny. funny. Right. So here we've got two US marshals are sent to an asylum on a remote island in order to investigate the disappearance of a patient where one of the marshals uncovers a shocking truth about the place. I know some people that love this film. I know some people that think it's just not that great. So I feel like it's... Might be a bit of a Marmite film. I don't know. We'll see. Whatever the other review. Yes, it's currently rentable. Only that I can see from Apple TV Plus, it says here, but I'm sure it's elsewhere. So just have a look at your on-demand platforms that you have. Good stuff. Right. DiCaprio double bill. Never thought that Mm. would be happening. DiCaprio and Gossese. I don't know how many films he's done. Has he ever got awards to the Oscars for Lifetime Achievement? He must have done. He must have done. I mean, has he has he won? He has won 
Um, Best director, hasn't he? He has. He's won the Oscar once for directing, and that was for The Departed. But he's been nominated many times. And Um, The Departed, didn't that have Leonardo DiCaprio in as well? Yep, yep. I think DiCaprio won an Oscar for The Revenant, didn't he? Yeah, that wasn't Scorsese. That was uh, Darren Aronofsky, I think, or something like that. Anyway, yeah, well, he's a legend. He's getting very, he's very old now, isn't he? I mean, he uh, makes you wonder how long he can go on. He's quite opinionated, isn't, isn't he, well, as well, about mm. uh, kind of superhero films and if he thinks it's killing cinema. We've got um, Robert De Niro in the new film. He's 80 himself. Yeah. And reuniting them, obviously, from the Godfather days. Well, they've been, I mean, how many films has De Niro made with Scorsese as well? It's just mm. crazy. Mm. Um, I also sometimes, if you go and see a Scorsese film with De Niro and DiCaprio, I don't know, and I've seen the trailer, obviously, you kind of know what you're going to get. They're normally quite long and quite intense. So uh, I, I hope I like it. I hope it's as good as, mm. I don't know what the critics are saying. So we'll see. Good, good, good. Two good films there to watch as okay. we had this week. And, um, yeah, hopefully I'll sound a bit clearer next time. <laughs> bit husky, can you hear me? But, like, really... It's not actually, it's not as bad as, it's not as bad as it probably sounds to you. So, you've okay. done, you've done very well. I don't need don't... to do any cooler sort of huskiness <laughs> talk or anything like that. No. Can you give us, like, a puppy watch update? A uh, puppy watch update. My puppy is now, um, we've had her for about five weeks now. And she is gaining a kilo per week. Wow. She is growing quite considerably she's very smart she can sit she could go sit down lie down she can give me her paw she's been out just started having walks now she's a little bit bitey and a bit tasmanian devilly in the mornings but then she's quite she sort of calms down later on in the day but she's yeah she's absolute joy she's lovely and we're now we're only walking around the block we're only having like really short distance walks but she sniffs everything and you can't go very far <laughs> so uh, wow. like a five minute walk takes about half an hour <laughs> there you go oh well i still haven't very met cool. i still haven't met willow gonna, i know i know i'm gonna have to do you it can't so. walk to your your house though because it'll be too far it's too far <laughs> Okay, I think I can manage to walk to yours. So I have to get it sorted for this week. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, have a great week or two weeks when we'll be back. And yeah, send my best to Willow and we will catch up then. Brilliant. Thanks for watching. Thanks, listeners. Bye. Bye. Bye.